Welcome, everybody, to Forgotten Heroes. It's me, Zach, and Chris. Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's going, or is it not going? Can you tell? Can you tell I'm living? Can you tell that maybe I'm deceiving? Who knows? Maybe it's going well. Maybe it's going horrible. No, I'm go- I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. It's great. I'm here, and we're talking about, oh, man, the, the twisted tree of lies that come along with this character today. Yeah, so if you can't tell from Chris trying to shoehorn it in... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about loki because Ooh. the show came out and it is already fantastic as of filming this did you chris i hope you you watched it um well i mean it's did you pirate complicated it? situation i did not pirate it no I, I can say live and on the air that i did not pirate it um but i can also say live and on the air that i haven't paid my disney plus subscription so i haven't seen a second of it <laughs> but here we are Talking yeah, about Loki. Stay off, stay, off, stay off the internet. You know better. Come on. Oh, yeah. No, I literally have, like, just, like, unsubscribed from all of the Marvel pages that I follow on all of my social media temporarily until I pay my subscription and can see all the current episodes that are out. Smart. Smart. Because, they, you know, I think now after Endgame, they no longer care. It's like that. Literally, I swear, it's the morning of any, like, Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and then Loki. It's just the morning of, like, I wake up at 6, if I go onto Instagram or anything, I will see a post that says, don't swipe, don't, you know, don't click or whatever if you don't want spoilers. I'm like, the episode just came out, what the heck? Like, I swear, there are people out there that wait until the moment, like, the hour it drops, which could be at 3 a.m. for all I know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I'd be lying if I if I'm saying like my anticipation is there for when it drops. Like I under like spiritually, I am with those people when they're there for like the second that it drops. But at the same time, you know, it's there's also something a little nice about taking your time. You know, not posting a bunch of spoilers on the internet, just like enjoying the flow of the show and like sharing theories. But you know, to each their own. However you want to do it. Not bashing those who stay up until whenever it actually drops. I've never stayed up before, so I can't speak on that. But, you know, just just follow your own formula. We're not really going to talk about the MCU Loki because, I mean, we all know which one we're following. We're all following the one from Endgame that Tess appeared with a Tesseract and caused some... Which I find hilarious that it's, it's like the whole thing is like you caused a branch in the timeline. And even I'm like, the Avengers didn't? And yeah, then, for real. Like, what? And then, especially because you have the what-if show that's supposed to come out at some point, so mm-hmm. something's going to happen that involves branches, which... Time time travel is a, a fickle mistress, if you haven't picked especially, up on it. Right. Well, because... And I know we spoke about this. Oh, and yeah. the perfect time at, at any. We are going to talk about different Earths in the Marvel multiverse. The difference between Marvel and DC is DC has, tries to give us, you know, have a limited amount I said tries, Dark Multiverse. And Marvel has a giant tree with many branches. And the difference is, in DC, on any Earth, if you time travel and change something in the past, you wiped away the timeline you came from. And now you are there, unless you go back and stop whatever you changed. Marvel, you go back in time, you just made a different universe. Oh, yeah. You can even go back in time and stop yourself from doing that, and you still make a different universe. Mm Mm-hmm. But the way the Loki show looked with the trailers, at least, yeah, that's a bad, which to me is hilarious. It's so funny that Loki was the only one who, like, seemed to mess everything up. 
you know, talking about time travel. Like, honestly, if you want to get really specific about it, that one frame where, like, Tony and Ant-Man are hanging out in the car in New York and they move the door. Like, that would definitely have, like, a butterfly effect type thing if you want to get, like, that type of specific. Which I do because I'm a crazy nerd and I'm into that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny to see. I mean, it's funny, but it's also nice to see, like, the ramifications of time travel. And I think choosing Loki as a character to sort of explore that within the MCU and is, not even like, just yeah, and not even just Loki. It's Loki yeah. before he had his his basically his character development, you yeah. know, through the other movies that he appears in. Mm-hmm. So he's still, in my opinion, the angsty the angsty child, and then he becomes better. And then, I mean, we all know what happens with Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and then it's like this Loki has did not go through any of that. So it's really cool. It's gonna be really cool to see what happens. But you know, if you don't know who Loki is, come on. It's first off just Tom Hiddleston at this point. And yeah. even in the comics, it's in the comics. He's actually, I'd say crazier and we're not really going to get too deep into this, but he has been, you know, the, the, the God of mischief, the God of evil, which really isn't a Norse thing. You know, he's, he's a frost giant child adopted by Odin, right. To be Thor's brother. Um, in the comics, you know, he's been he's been a dude, he's been a girl, he's been a child, you know, he's been a woman, been a child. He's been, been a, a unicorn, crusher. he's been a wolf. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But it's funny because, and I don't know how in-depth the Marvel really gets with this stuff. They do, they do say, like, Loki's daughter is Hela in the comics. Uh-huh. Which, I'm like, okay, myth, myth from the mythology standpoint, accurate. I don't think they ever truly speak about the world serpent. Yeah, Fenrir. That, yeah. I think in the comics there's the world serpent and then there's the serpent and that's a uh-huh. whole different thing. So like and from a mythology standpoint, you know, which I love and there's a show on Netflix Ragnarok which is pretty dang cool. They even talk about this. Loki and I'm going to quote Ragnarok the show. Loki's basically the first transgender person ever. Yeah. Because he he is typically He's the father of Hela, Jormungandr, and Fenrir. But then there are other tellings where where he's the mother, or they, is the mother of those three, and the eight-legged horse Odin rides in the battle Sleipnir, which is funnier to me because in mythology, most and a lot of tellings, he is the blood brother. He's like the adopted brother of Odin, not Thor. And it's funny to me because it's like... Gee, who's the more who's the more responsible one? The one who gave birth to an eight-legged horse or the one who rides his nephew in the battle? <laughs> yeah, for and I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, Norse mythology is very strange, but I love it. And, yeah, and, and it's funny how it changes I, from you know place to place depending on who is adopting it. Telling, yes, and there's yeah. all these debates about certain things. And I know I know people who are that's their religion. North the North Pantheon is their religion. I ain't going to tell you you're right or you're wrong. It, whatever. I find it interesting that there's multiple versions. But the comic one is not one that you should look to answers for mythology. Oh, yeah. Not at all. That's a, the point that we're trying to make here. <laughs> yep. And Loki is Loki's very he's all over the place. I feel like he's you know, he's a bad guy. He's a good guy. He's it, it's sort of like he's whatever I mean, he wants to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the thing. Like the, when you're describing Loki, especially like the comic book adaptation of him, 
Um, I think narcissism is the best way to describe him because it's it's like he's very, very self-involved. And it's just like Zach said, he sort of like fills the role that he thinks will fit him best due mm-hmm. to the situation, you know? So it's like deception in a good way, but also in a bad way type thing, you know, like mostly in a bad way because deception is a negative term, but there are, you know, there are plenty of times that he sort of pulls up that mantle of being some type of an anti-hero. Um, and, you know, I think we'll, I think we're going to talk about a couple of them here. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. He's, he's very, if you're talking about like the spectrum of black and white, you get a lot of gray with Loki and you also get lots of black because your boy has been known as the God of lies, God of deception, anything, you know, like Zach said, the God of mischief goes back and forth. But yeah, I think the best way to describe him is that he just like fills the mold to whatever will fit him best because he can literally do that. You know, shape shifting is a big part of his power. He can also like shuffle time and space depending on which version we're talking about. So, you know, he's, he's a little tricky guy, you know, he's the trickster and we love him for it. You love him. You hate him. You love to hate him. Oh yeah. Love to hate him is definitely a great way to talk about it. And yeah, that's a really good way to segue into our first Loki version, which is ultimate Loki or Gunnar Goleman from earth 1610. Now I say Gunnar Goleman because that's going to come up in just a second here. Um, it is an identity that Loki takes the mantle of and takes a big part in this narrative. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, we're also, I also just sort of like wanted to go through some of Loki's powers because more often than not, he has a couple constants throughout the universe. Um, but they usually change from here to there. They can like change in breadth and scope, um, as well as like how much of them he actually uses. Um, so in this 1610 ultimate version, he has the reality warping, which is like shuffling time and space, essentially. Sorcery, which is like one of those constants that you're going to see, as well as teleportation. Um, and as well as his sort of like superhuman or godlike um, durability, as well as strength. Um, as well as the deception factor, as we know, he's the god of lies. So the deception is something that you're going to see pretty consistently across his character as well. It's also important to note that he's bound by limitations put by him by Odin to suppress the full nature of his powers since um, Odin believes that it's very likely that Loki would just end up killing Thor, Um, you know, because Thor often rushes into battle and Loki is a little bit more careful and deceptive and knows how to piss Thor off. So, yeah, that is sort of the rundown of his powers. Let's jump into the narrative here a little bit. Um, So in this Earth, Loki was banished to the Room Without Doors, which is essentially like a limbo um, and he was banished there after dis- after um, disguising himself as Baron Zemo in order to make Asgard burn. So he ends up sort of recruiting his own army um, and then sort of launching an attack. So he succeeds in taking down Asgard, but it's not totally a success because Odin does end up banishing him to the Room Without Doors, which is kind of like a limbo, as I said before. Um, but before Loki is sent to there before the attack even happens he leaves sort of like the mystical key to get somebody out of the room without doors or the incantation to get them out of the room without doors with a young soldier named helmet zemo who as you know is the actual baron zemo so 60 years later he opens the door and loki is released and after the attack on asgard now that the sort of world tree is destroyed in the destruction of the battle Um, Thor and Baldur have lost their god status. 
Loki has retained his because he's been in the room without doors for God knows how long, right? And so nothing really affects that time and space. So Loki comes out pretty much the same, right? And as soon as he comes out, he turns his attention to the Ultimates, which is essentially like the Avengers of this universe, um, and plans to start World War III. And this is where that character comes in that I mentioned, Gunnar Goldman. So he disguises himself as this um, individual. Gunnar Goldman was actually from uh, Thor's, one of Thor's past experiences. He's from the Norwegian super soldier program, actually, and him and Thor were pretty good pals. Um, and Loki knows this. So, so Gunnar just kind of strides in and Thor loses it. And that's exactly what Loki was hoping for, because he wants Thor to seem insane so that the Ultimates would end up turning against him. And it works. You know, they end up essentially sidelining him. And then after Thor, Loki ends up going on to another character. He frames Captain America for the murder of Hawkeye's family. So the second he comes out, uh, he's what? Yeah, he takes out sort of like two of the biggest players that could be some sort of a threat to him. Thor, obviously, because like Thor, even though he's lost his god stature, he's still like, you know, he's still Thor. You know, he's still Thor the Mighty. He's still, you know, got all the powers and everything, even though he, you know, his mortality is a little bit more shaky. Um, and, you know, more often than not, Thor is able to see through Loki's deceptions, as we know. You know, we've seen great character development with that in the MCU. Um, and as far as taking out Steve, I mean, like, it's Steve. You know, it's, it's one of those right, things. Right, it's Steve, and it's, I, yeah, for a lot of people might be like, well, how is Captain America a threat? It's like, well, physically against Loki, probably not. The shield, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's got reality warping, definitely not. He could just be like, and break. But yep. it's, it's what Captain America stands for, and it's what he, it's what, you know, how he can inspire people, that that's the threat of it's like, I'm going to, yeah. everyone's going to be hopeless. And Captain America's like, nope, I, I have hope and everyone will have hope now. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, I think, what did it, Rocket put it great in the end game when he, Steve, when Captain America was giving the speech Uh-oh, before yeah, they went yeah. back in time. And he's like, he's good at that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, what he does. that's one of the big things about Steve. He can rally people. And it's all, yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's a morale thing. But I also think it's. It's sort of like a strategy thing as well, as far as when it comes to like battle strategies, you know, Loki is kind of like, if you're going to compare like Loki and Steve, Steve is good with battle strategies as Loki is to raising an army, essentially. So it's like you're kind of matched there. So once again, it's just sort of taking out two key players that would make his plan just a little bit like much or not a little bit much easier to enact. Oh, yeah. And then after that, Loki uses his power um, quite a bit of it, I might add to summon monsters from Asgard in order to defeat the Ultimates, right? But as I mentioned before, there were restraints put on him by Odin. And when I say restraints, that might not have been the best word. Loki still has all of his power. But when he uses the full scope of it, when he really dips into like sort of his godhood, that allows Odin to see him, to see what it is that he's doing. Because of Loki's sort of nefarious nature, Odin wants that little bit of insurance on him. Right. So when he uses the monsters to excuse me, uses his power to summon the monsters from Asgard um, in order to defeat the Ultimates, Odin figures out where he is. Right. And Loki is right on the cusp of taking out Thor. And then Odin shows up and then banishes him back to Asgard to stop him there, right? Surprise, surprise. Loki, after being banished to Asgard and doing some of his time, not all of his time, uh, he escapes. 
and then returns to uh, Earth with an army of trolls seeking to drive Thor so mad that he would destroy the Earth, and he actually succeeds. He nearly succeeds. Gets pretty freaking close. So Loki's in initial plan fails. World War Three doesn't start. The Ultimates don't really topple. So when he gets out of prison, he's like, I'm going to go scorched Earth. You know, I'm going to take everything down with me if I can type thing. And he gets really, really close, like I said. Nearly succeeds when he kills Thor's mortal girlfriend, uh, weirdly enough, named Valkyrie, who was later revived by Hela because she was sick of Loki and his sort of bloodthirsty nature in this time offline <laughs> to be an actual Valkyrie. So once again... <laughs> It, you may have seen Tessa Thompson and uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's a Valkyrie. They're sort of like the elite soldiers of Asgard. So they have the very, very high stature. You know, it's like Thor and all of his compatriots in battle. And then you got like Loki. And then right below them is the Valkyries. Valkyrie, Valkyries are like special forces, essentially. So they are not to be messed with, right? Um, and after she is revived and achieves her Valkyrie status, uh, she kills Loki. He slays him just like straight up takes I him out um yeah i would too you know I, as far as like waking up from being being dead with a grudge can't really blame her totally fair especially when it's loki um and so loki is sent to hell and it's unclear if he actually escapes somehow again or is revived by odin when asgard ends up coming to earth when we get some of those branching timelines there so that's sort of a quick rundown of what you're going to see with Loki in 1610. Um, and like I said, Gunner is like a very big part of this story because for like a majority of the issues, you don't even see Loki. You just see Gunner. And obviously the reader is aware of it, but it's it's kind of one of his most devious tactics, honestly. Like Loki, he does plenty of messed up stuff, but as far as like masquerading as a dead guy to uh, get one over on Thor and make his friends turn on him pretty clever honestly you know you, you got to give him credit for the plan as far as like enacting it and completing it he gets a little too overzealous but yeah you know in- interesting look into his character and the deceptive side of loki yeah speaking of deceptive <laughs> loki <laughs> loki has been deceptive to himself which sounds weird but it it makes sense comic wise i think if you try to add logic to it, it makes no sense so yeah. From, yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, that's a lot of comic book stuff. So you need you need the understanding of sort of like the multiverse and different selves. Otherwise, this deception under yourself doesn't really make any sense. You're absolutely right. right. And even then, it's like it's like it's this it's a different Earth, but yep. since it's in it's since it's in the future, it still could happen. Mm-hmm. But oh, since I... it's right, but since it's happening at the same time, it's a different Earth. Whatever. Listen, we already said this multiverse is confusing when it comes to Marvel. Time travel and whatnot yep. makes no sense. So, Kate, okay, we're talking about Earth 14412, and this is Loki's referred to as King Loki or Ikol. The difference in the name is King Loki, when you talk about him from Earth 14412, but it's Ikol when you're talking about the current Loki will I'll explain so <laughs> yeah we'll get there don't, yeah. don't get caught in your own trap there <laughs> yeah the you know most of his powers are about, are about the same as when you think of just Loki you know shape-shifting magic necromancy sorcery conjuring teleportation bringing a skilled combatant 
Master Manipulator, all that jazz, you know? When you think Loki, it's like, yeah, uh, duh. So he is similar to this to the main Marvel Universe version of Loki. So except he was working for the All Mother of Asgard in order to erase his past crimes, and I mean he does, you know, he does so. After a redemption, he returns to his evil ways. Doi, I mean it's Loki. Yeah. The man, Manda, I feel like does things at the flip of a coin. He not only does he attack Thor, and he, he actually ends up annihilating Earth and the human race in his from his earth from his time period because this is also the same time period of, as king all father thor you know if you read jason aaron's run of thor it's it's for the same future earth as that thor like crotchety old thor as some people like to refer to him as yeah old man um, thor basically yeah basically old man thor some people had to throw crotchety because of his attitude but you know he went back in time to try to corrupt Kid Loki, who at the time was just Loki, but everyone referred to him as Kid Loki. It, he's re- cool. He's referred to by the comic community as Kid Loki. Sometimes even in the comics as Kid Loki because it's a kid, right? And he also tried to corrupt a younger version of, you know, Thor. Didn't work, obviously. Kid Loki captures part of King Loki. He captures him and then he reveals the timeline he comes from. He basically. Sp- Basically, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert's his future. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'll align with you. And then he's just like, nah, I'm going to make my younger self uh, become a villain again. And, you know, so he's like watching over his younger version. And he he barely really intervened, but he did it. So every now and again. I was going to add to the point that you said that like more like when he intervenes, I think it was mostly just to like keep him on the straight and crazy versus like the straight and narrow because he wanted him to like turn into a villain, you know? Right. Kid Loki was like, because even Kid Loki was like, I don't like the fact that everyone sees me as a villain. Like I know who I was. Well, cause, and the reason why Kid Loki is even a thing is because Loki technically can't die mm-hmm. for whatever crazy mythical reason. But for some reason, Kid Loki didn't remember truly being Loki. So he's like this, like, I don't like the fact that everyone sees me as a bad guy. I haven't really done anything. King Loki, so he, you know, he wants to just, he tries to destroy Earth in Asgardia to end the universe. But his past self stops him, you know, as as good boy Loki does. <laughs> and then, oh my god, he, he, so King Loki gets caught, part of him gets caught by his younger self and put into a magpie. So he names the magpie Eichel, which is just Loki backwards. And then he's like, you're going to be my servant. And, you know, basically no discussion. And the magpie's like, yes, sir. And when Kid Loki's soul basically died, Eichel, or King Loki, whatever you want to call him. Most people call him Eichel now. Took over the body of Kid Loki. So he kept disguising himself as kid, like, like, no, I'm the good guy. I'm the good Loki. Meanwhile, it's like, nah, I know I've been, I'm kind of the bad guy, but I'm not going to be a super bad guy. So then after being aged up a little bit, the current Loki is technically Eichel. So if you go pick up like the Loki comic or anything, that's Eichel. But King Loki, the part of him that went back to his time, (laughs) found Gore the God Butcher's Necro Sword, which had infect first infected Galactus to start butchering planets, 
then it infected ego the living planet to well basically destroy planets and then and then loki got it he's like i am the god butcher i'm you know and then he went to kill king thor and then king thor helped him stop being infected by the necrosword which is basically the first ever symbiote the uh-huh. uh, null can't escape this guy he's everywhere now and oh, yeah. and then the i think the necrosword pulled gore from a black hole that he had technically been trapped in since the dawn of time which again the fuck oh everything about gore is just like so much more metal than it needs to be and it's awesome <laughs> yeah i mean i can't wait for him to be in thor 4 but also oh holy yeah shit yeah <laughs> so okay as confusing as that was long story short king loki got kind of got split in two and he went back to his time but then the part of him that got caught by kid loki is now the current loki there you go so yes loki is loki and kid loki is king loki who used to be a magpie and there's essence and fragmentations of king loki all over the place basically well yes. at least in two different places yeah that we yeah know right king now. loki is king loki and current loki is Ico. yeah so there you go it's a way to satisfy oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, Loki Speaking just can't do shit simple. No, he really can't. It's gotta be, it's gotta be complicated that way. It like benefits, benefits him in the best way possible. You know, this is what we were talking about with the like deception of himself, that he just sort of like he plays the role of Icole for as long as he needs to, until Kid Loki's body sort of becomes useful. And I think there's like a panel where, after King Loki ends up taking Kid Loki's body. They have, like, a final discussion where Kid Loki is just sort of... Uh, I, the, the rationale, I remember, is being that, like, Kid Loki, based on, like, his morals and everything like that, is sort of... He technically wins, quote-unquote, sort of the struggle that of, like, the good, the black versus the white Loki, essentially. Just because he is sort of... Kid Loki is allowing King Loki or to essentially take up his mantle within the past with a part of him being in the future. That way he's in two different spots so he can actually make a difference. So I think Kid Loki sort of is like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy with my choices because I provided you with an opportunity to sort of like make it right. And then when... Ikol ends up taking up Kid Loki's body. There's like a panel where he's just sort of like laying there, gaining consciousness, and he's like, damn me, damn you, you all type thing. So he really sort of like, he succeeds in the deception, but I think Kid Loki is like much wiser beyond his years than King Loki is expecting, or Ikol is expecting, and he sort of like serves him some like one last hard lesson before he picks up his mantle, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it's like, I like, see, I like that of it's like, he's having an argument with himself, but also it's cool to be like, okay, Loki's f- talking to himself, mm-hmm. but also is, you know, he's, the the better version of himself wins. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he ends up sort of like sacrificing him. It's like that old adage. I think it's like, uh, it might be Sun Tzu. I might be wrong day you're a bigger person and you have like more perspective and you can like see more angles essentially which therefore like morally quote-unquote makes you like more of a righteous person um and in this instance i would definitely agree kid loki is just kind of like yeah you know i'm dying you're gonna take my body there's nothing i can do about it but i paved the way for you to do that in the first place and i didn't outright kill you when i had the chance type thing 
So it's it's a, it's a very interesting sort of lesson that he learns from that. And uh, speaking of lessons, we're going to move on to the next version of Loki. And I say next version of Loki, but I want you guys to take this with a grain of salt because it is it it, it is Loki, but it also isn't Loki. And I'm going to explain that in a second. So this version is called Stain Odinson, and it is from Warp World. So it is a combination of um, Zeke Stain as well as sort of Loki Odinson, I guess, or Loki Laufey-son, I guess. It's within his sort of Odinson title. That way we have sort of the amalgamation of it. Um, so like I said, combination of Zeke Stain and Loki. However... When the actual warping happens, um, Loki actually ends up escaping it by slipping into the warp world physically. So when everything sort of happens, Loki is able to, when, when Gamora ends up creating sort of this pocket dimension, Loki ends up being able to use his sorcery and his conjuration to physically put himself within the world versus being forced in there through the Will of the Stones, essentially. And so there's this amalgam of Loki and Zeke Stain but it's sans Loki. So it's like essentially like Loki's sort of like essence is there. His sort of uh, like some somewhat of his moral compass is there. But as far as it being like an actual combination of the two, Loki's technically not even there. So he's there, but he's not, right? And so it leaves Stain as like half complete, essentially. Um, and Stain can actually sense Loki's absence within himself. He knows that something's missing. And therefore, he ends up resenting his place among the other Asgardians because of it. Um, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. But he was adopted by Howard Odin. Once again, we're in Warp World, so we're talking about a lot of sort of combinations. So we have Howard Stark and Odin, as in like the Allfather. Um, and Stane Odinson is actually a mortal man of Earth, or of Midgard, as they refer to. Um, his brother, Stark, just known as Stark, gifted with immortality and sort of this godhood that we talk about, and he was disgusted by his mortal brother, by Zeke, um, and he actually ends up, like, losing it one day, Stark ends up losing it one day, and attacking um, Stain. Uh, Odin interferes, and then strips him of his power, as he loves to do. It seems like that's the only time Odin really shows up, when he goes, oh, ha, gotcha, there's your godhood, it's mine now, type thing. You know, he just loves to do that. And so he strips Stark of his godhood and then sort of like consoles Zeke. And Zeke is then granted the Midgard ring, which is essentially like a token of power for one of the nine realms. So it essentially sort of like makes him an ambassador with the Asgardians. However, this ring really only fuels his resentment since Stain sees it as the Asgardians not f like fully accepting him due to his mortal nature they sort of like give him a write-off essentially they're like here you go you can like be an ambassador and be a part of the club but you know don't come to any meetings type thing you know send a proxy you know so he's just sort of that just pisses him off even more so we have a little bit of angst building in stain odinson here and then we have a bad guy show up we have malekith show up if you've seen thor the dark world that's what we're talking about sort of like a dark elf character so he arrives on earth to and due to an allegiance that he makes with Madame Hell, seeking the Midgard ring, which Stain has. And he very easily persuades Stain to hand over the ring in exchange to see his brother Stark's death, right? So Stain gives him the ring and is like, I just want to see you kill my brother, and I'll stand by your side, essentially. So he sees within Malekith an opportunity to reach 
um, potential that the Asgardians aren't really going to give him and then aligns himself with him. So there you go. Even though the sort of idea of, or not even the idea, the, the essence of Loki is missing from Stain, that's very much a Loki move, you know, to be wronged and then align yourself with the bad guy to sort of get one up on those who have wronged you. You know, I think we can both of us agree that that is very, very much, even if you've just seen the MCU, you know that that's like very much a claim to his character. Um, so after succeeding with his plan to overthrow Howard Odin, this is Malekith, um, he ends up completing the set of power rings. The last one he needed was the Midgard ring, which is why he's here on Earth. Malekith then sets out to kill Stark and fulfill his end of the bargain for Stain. Right? However, we know that Stark is mortal. So you think it wouldn't really be that big of a battle, but you would be incorrect because since we're in warp world, we get a brand new hero because in his morality, Stark actually ends up becoming a brilliant inventor and dubs himself the hero iron hammer and then returns to Asgard to battle Malekith. So obviously iron hammer, we get iron man and we have Thor sort of combined in one. I want to say amalgamation, but it's not the amalgam universe. So one warping, I guess, and so Stark now having a little bit more humility due to his mortal nature, um, he apologizes to Stain and like reaches out and tries to make amends with him being like, you know, I'm sorry I wronged you, brother. I, n I never meant for this to happen. It was, you know, my own greed and my own sort of like hubris that put me in this position. But Stain straight up refuses him and doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, and so we get a little bit of a conflict between Malekith and Iron Hammer. Um, Iron Hammer tries to get Malekith to use the ring because when he's using the rings, it makes him a little bit more vulnerable and that gives him an opening to strike Malekith down. Um, however, Stain is standing there whispering in his ear like Wormtongue or like Loki, depending on which way you want to look at it, um, <laughs> and stops him from using the ring when Stark's tried to, Stark tries to goad him into it. Um, however, Battle ensues, and Iron Hammer defeats Malekith, and then Stain Odinson disappears and flees from the battle. And that's the last that we have ever sort of seen of him. So it's kind of a interesting iteration of Loki. There's a, there's it's, it's like a representation of him, essentially. It's like, how can you create a totally new character using everything we know about Loki and then, like, put him in a less fortunate situation and still keep it true to Loki's nature. And there you go. That's Stain Odinson, essentially. So, you know, you get a lot of interesting factors sort of flowing in there. Um, and I don't know. I think it's a really interesting character. It's it's a interesting way to look at it. I love, like, the weird plot lines where it's like, you know, the, the representation of something. But at the same time, you're lacking the overall main key that you would need to fully be complete. So I, I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. See, I liked, I liked that too, because, you know, it's, it's like, a, I don't know how to describe it. The whole warp world, right? Everybody is two characters of one, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a unique way for them to go. Okay. We're going to Loki, Lokify is the term I'm going to use. This like character, that. but he won't be actually Loki, especially since I think at the same time Loki got thrown into Warp World physically, so he could he didn't or he was outside of the universe temporarily or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
when it got folded in half. So he he wasn't there to be folded in half. So then Stain get go is driven nuts because it's like I know I'm supposed to I'm only one half of one being, but I don't know why and I can't figure it out. So and more importantly, it, he can't do anything about it because he's mortal, surrounded by his guardians. Right. You know, you so know. It, it it literally it just like this poor guy just gets like the short end of the stick and just like can't do anything about it. Yeah, but, but and you it's know, like, at it's the like, same time you're gonna align yourself with the dark elves that makes you somewhat irredeemable in my mind. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like it's kind of a it's also a good twist in the Loki story. So it's not okay, a frost giant adopted by the Asgardians. It's no, he's a human. Adopted by the Asgardians only because his Asgardian side in the grand scheme of the universe isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort Which, of like claim to fame that he doesn't even have. Yeah. And that's like a good what if kind of for for the Thor story. But I think a better one would be from Earth uh, 22260. Yeah. Which is just it's a very simple one. One story. You'd barely see this ever again. So Loki Laufison, right? The only difference in their history, big difference, is instead of Loki being adopted by Odin after his father is typically is killed, mm-hmm. he Laufi kills Odin and takes destroys Asgard and takes Thor and Freya when Thor's like a kid. So Thor is basically force adopted by Laufi. And then it's raced with Loki as he's still, while he's still a frost giant. So, you know, I don't really know if he was really called Loki still. I'm pretty sure he was for the simplicity of the story. Yeah. Technically would have like some sort of a frost giant name. Jotunheim giant sort of name. But yeah, I think it's just for readers that way they don't get lost. Yeah. So Thor is raised by Laufey. So it's like, you know, he's a as guardian among frost giants, so he's not gonna he can't get as big as them. And even still, I think for a frost giant, Loki was very, very small. Yeah, they always make sure to mention that. Yeah, so Thor was raised to be a frost giant, you know. But over the years, Loki was meeting with Freya in prison, uh, secretly, and he was learning magic from her. So when Laufey was planning on invading Muspelheim. Loki broke Freya out to try to help her escape. And then Laufey ordered Thor to go hunt them down. Thor not knowing that the prisoner that escaped was was his mother. Mm-hmm. So Thor attacked them and blasting you know, an inch from his enchanted hammer ice crusher. Because oh, Thor always got a, a hammer. Got a um, hammer. Yeah, basically. And <laughs> so he shot... Well, he still had his, well, you know, his god of thunder powers. He shot Frost, you know, from the hammer and killed Freya. And he didn't know that was his mom because he hadn't seen her in, in decades. So on all his adopted father said was, no, Loki's trying to escape with a prisoner. He didn't know. And then after Loki killed Laufey, he let Loki leave, you know, just like, just get out of here. And Loki ran away to Earth and grew up amongst some Vikings in Scandinavia even had like a family. I don't know if it's considered, I don't know if they explained it. That's his birth. Those are his kids by blood or if he just adopted them, basically he got adopted into the family through marriage. But you know, he's telling the story to the kids, you know, under the guise that it's a fictional story. 
Which is which I think is cool. It's like, okay, now in this universe, Loki likes the humans more and yeah. Thor is essentially the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Thor is he's put into a weird situation just based on the outcome of the battle. But yeah, no, you're right. It's a, it's a very interesting sort of like switching and it's also like very like painful for Loki too. The fact that he has to you know, tell his life story as quote unquote as a fictional story over and over again to probably like all of these you know, children and teenagers in this village that he's living in back on Earth. Like that's kind of, that's kind of painful to have to like, you know, it's like having to recount that story over and over and over again to everybody in the village who sort of um, wants to hear this story under the guise of it being fictional. When in reality, it's like his origin, it's his life, you know, and now Loki is just sort of going over it. When in reality, you know, his mother was actually killed and his father never even had a chance to, uh, like, raise him based on everything that was going on. And, you know, his brother was sort of inducted into the Frost Giants. And now he's just recanting it to the people on Earth who have absolutely no idea the scope and how it directly affected him and that there's an Asgardian living among them. It's like, it's painful in a weird, like, separated way you know but there's not too many stories that you get loki as sort of switched like this so i think that's kind of one of the reasons that we chose it it was like you don't get a lot of loki's trying to start again or if favoring the humans at all even you know he'll work with them if he has to type thing um, but once again it would be just to sort of further his own gains and that's pretty much it so yeah he gets sort of adopted by sort of the Scandinavian peoples, which I think it's interesting that he goes and lives with Vikings because that's what's most familiar to him. So, yeah. And speaking of familiar and adoptions and all this other stuff, uh, we got a couple other versions of Loki that we really don't have too much information on just because they don't really have big spotlights in the universe, but we thought they were kind of cool, so we wanted to introduce them. One of them is... Um, actually a little bit more of a familial type of relation to Loki. That is, her name is Silene, and her last name, bear with me, is spelled L-O-K-I-S-D-O-T-T-I-R. So if you sound that out phonetically, it's Silene, Loki's daughter, essentially, in like... Uh, well, I think that's, that's, I think that's the Scandinavian, Norwegian, like... Yeah, and that's know, where you, if you get didn't have a fa- yeah. son. Yeah, that's why it's like Thor Odinson. Yeah. You know, he's son of Odin, so this would be daughter of Loki. Loki's daughter. Yeah. And it's just it's it's just funny. It kind of struck me, and I was like, I looked at her last name, and I was like, why can't I pronounce it? And I was like, oh oh oh, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's so simple, you couldn't think of it. Yeah, honestly, it's just one of those things. But uh, Silene is Loki's orphan daughter after Loki was exiled into Limbo. Um, she's from Earth 982. She has all of the similar powers that her father does, um, as well as sort of the same moral compass and ambition on top of it. <clears throat> so um, after Asgard is destroyed, um, I believe from Ragnarok, uh, Silene actually attempts to recreate it in place of Earth. Um, but in doing so, brings out sort of the conflict of the Avengers next. And a big battle ensues, and they end up stopping Silene. So she really doesn't show up too much, um, but we thought it was interesting just to like have an actual quote-unquote 
like sort of child of Loki versus like kid Loki. Um, and as far as like her mother, it is not confirmed who that is, but it is confirmed that her mother is in fact actually dead. So we don't know too much about her origins other than when she's interacting in Earth 982 in the Avengers Next and the fact that she's Loki's daughter, basically. So, yeah, not a whole lot of information on her, but we thought it was kind of interesting enough to include somebody who was actually blood-related to Loki. Right, so, so by that extension makes her the sister of Hell, or Hela, and uh, you know, that makes her... Her sister is half alive, half dead, and her brothers are a wolf and a giant serpent. Great. Yep. <laughs> That's going to make Thanksgiving a lot more interesting. I was about to say, you know, family dinners have got to be real weird in that house. <laughs> That's true. Probably really weird. <laughs> and then there's another, so another version of Loki is from the Amalgam universe. We always try to have one of those. Really, like, next to nothing on him, but his name is Luck. Desaad. So if the names didn't give it away, he's a combo of Loki and Desaad. Desaad being Darkseid's right-hand man and scientist of, you know, all the dark arts and whatnot. So there's like nothing on him. I think he shows up for maybe a couple panels and that's mm-hmm. really it. You know, it's, you could speculate that he might have the same powers as both Loki and Desaad, but since he doesn't do anything, you don't know. Yeah, he's or at the very least, least there. We, don't, we don't really see what he does. He just sort of I think he showed he like literally shows up in the background and is like mentioned with yeah. a line sort of like off panel at one point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's in this universe. He's the brother of Thorion, mm-hmm. but he works for he works for Thanos side. Yeah. Which every time I say his name, it's just like, yeah, I, under- <laughs> so I understand <laughs> that you had to fuse those two together. But what the hell is this name? Yeah. Right. So and it, it makes sense that he would sort of like fit into that sort of location within like the bad guy hierarchy of the Amalgam universe. You know, it makes sense. And it's fun to theorize. I just wish there was more info on him so we could have more concrete stuff because you have like Loki is like incredibly smart and that's where the deception comes in too. So like pairing that with sort of like Desaad being like weirdly practical, but also mystical on top of like Loki's sorcery and everything like that. Like, I feel like this could have been a really, really interesting character, but they do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's say Thanos side has like a fall from grace like you got another one teed right up you know you yep. could very easily have locked Assad run just as much as a scorch like scorched earth sort of approach to the amalgam universe and it could it could be probably pretty brutal honestly yeah, too bad they already scorched that universe um, yeah that's true <laughs> so too soon now yeah reading recommendations gonna go from let mm. you know last to first lock decide Thorion of of New Asgards or New Asgard, I don't remember which one it is. It you know he's literally in one issue. That's yeah. it. Uh, Celine, Avengers Next, uh, Volume One. Like I'm pretty sure almost all the issues are there. And Thor Asgard's Avenger Volume One. Sorry, Reverse Loki as I'm referring to him as. <laughs> uh, Negative from, Loki. Yeah, Nega Loki. Uh, what if Thor Volume One? I believe there's there's two of them, so it's the 2018 version or mm-hmm. yeah, 2018. Uh, Warp World, Stan Odinson. He's in 
Iron Hammer, Infinity Wars, Iron Hammer, Secret Warps, Iron Hammer, Secret Warps, Soldier Supreme, Secret Warps, Weapon Hex. So he's in a lot of the. He's, there's not a whole lot for the secret for the um, warp world, but he's in a lot of it. King Loki and Icol, Loki, Agent of Asgard, Thor, Volume Five, Issues Five, Six, and Sixteen, and then the King Thor, Nini series, which is just this is one volume of it. And even then, like Icol again is the current Loki. So if you read anything Thor and you see Loki, it's typically Icol. And then Ultimate Loki, Ultimate Thor. Volume 1, Ultimates 2, Ultimate New Ultimates, Ultimate Thor, and Ultimate Fallout. The Ultimates, you're going to have to be a little careful with because there is a newer version of the Ultimates, but that's main Marvel Universe. So if you see the Ultimates and you see on the cover, it kind of looks like the Avengers, but slightly different. That's the one we're talking about. If you see like Carol Danvers on it, that's the different. That's a different Ultimates. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, Loki... Literally anything, Thor, really anything Thor yeah. and, and Loki and Loki and he's all over the dang place. Yeah. You know, just be aware that you're probably going to get like iterations of Icol if you're going to like find any like relatively newer uh, Loki reading. Yeah, I think like when I say relatively newer, I think within like the last what, like three or four years. Yeah. And then like, you know, I say some key, some key non Icol stuff. Like, the first ever Avengers, obviously. That's, like, mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah. I think with Lady Loki, there's the Dark Reign and the Siege storyline. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, and it... there, there is a Lady Loki, and you're, you, you know, probably wondering why we didn't talk about her. Because it's essentially just, like, OG Loki, that's the woman. You know, yeah, it's that, OG Loki such... in the body of a woman yeah. that was supposed to be Sif. I'm not 100% sure how that worked. I remember when I learned about that, I was like, wait, so is that Loki inhabiting Sif who's inhabiting a different person? Or is that they thought that person was Sif and surprise, it's Loki, which yeah. I I want to say it's the latter, but it would have been really silly. I thought it would have been funnier if it's like, oh, it's the face of Sif, but it's Loki. The mind, mind of Loki. It's like, <laughs> damn it. And then Thor's just like, I... Sh- very confused. Mm. Oh, I you am could, confused. <laughs> you could run into some really weird sort of interactions. Oh, okay. We're going to jump over that real quick. But yeah, that's why we didn't talk about Lady Loki. because I mean, I don't know where you were going with Chris. That's not where I went. The, we're not going to find out where I'm going. So that's why we're stopping <laughs> right now. Okay. Speaking of but God, yeah. the God of Lies. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen, if I, if I lie, it's just to keep us away from getting struck down. With any sort of regulations, that's basically just it. But yeah, no, we didn't talk about Lady Loki because she's essentially it's just OG Loki. It's just OG Loki. You know, and there's diff- there's different versions of him where he is briefly uh, transformed into an animal. There's a version of him where he transforms himself into a wolf. There's also one where he transforms himself into like a unicorn as a distraction. Um, there's a bunch of like little changes within loki we wanted to get like some of the bigger overarching characters yeah um that have like a little bit more interesting narratives and are kind of like fun to learn about versus just being like oh here's a specific earth where loki was a turtle there you go next one like we wanted to give you guys some good content you know of course thank you for joining us for loki join us next episode for somebody just as fun hopefully (laughs)